Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts, and I'm so glad you're joining me today because we have a wonderful study out of the Old Testament, out of the book of Joshua. We're going to be seeing today the cities of refuge, and I want to show you six facts about the six cities of refuge, how they were designed out of the heart of God to be a place of safety, to be a place of rescue, to be a place of refuge, and I'm going to show you how they completely parallel the work of Jesus Christ. And just as God designed these cities of refuge, well, God has designed the gospel and in the sending of his son Jesus to rescue us from our sin. We're going to see how the bottom line, there is safety, there is refuge, there is hope in Jesus Christ. I'm glad you're joining us today, and I hope you enjoy our study out of the book of Joshua, chapter 20, called The Six Cities of Refuge. Well, today I want to invite you to turn to Joshua chapter 20, and we are going to look at what I think is one of the most fascinating aspects of the Old Testament, and it's called the cities of refuge. I don't know if you've ever done a personal study of the cities of refuge, but they are an incredible and beautiful picture of the redemption of Jesus Christ in our lives. You can read about the cities of refuge in two primary texts in the Old Testament. They're found in Numbers chapter 35. This is where God instructed Moses of what the cities of refuge were to be and how they were to be laid out. And then once Israel crossed over Jordan and, you know, we were in those beautiful chapters of Joshua in the month of March in a great series called Triumph. And we left the children of Israel in Jericho after conquering Jericho. But when you go to Joshua chapter 20, After Israel had possessed the land, the Lord spoke to Joshua. You can see it in verse 1. For those of you who you know me or you're familiar with our church, you know that I'm a blind pastor and so I'm not using a Bible while I preach because I'm unable to see anything. But I try to quote, I try to memorize my text and of course all of my sermon notes I try to quote so I know that you'll forgive me if I make a a mistake. But if you go to Joshua 20, you'll see in verse number one, the Lord's going to speak to Joshua just as he did his servant Moses, and he's going to remind Joshua, you know, the, 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 the cities of refuge that I spoke to Moses about, well, I want you to do the same thing. And so now when we come to Joshua 20 and Israel has inherited the land, the Lord is ready to divide the six cities of refuge. Now one might read this and say, Chad, what in the world? How does this apply to my life today? Well, I hope that you are as amazed as I am at the applications that we learn out of this text. If you're going to if you're going to follow along, there's several things that I want to show you about the six cities and I would encourage you to write these down because this is a great study that you can take even further for yourself and really dig into God's word. 
I'm going to share with you today six facts about the six cities of refuge. So let's jump right into it. Number one, I want you to note the cities of refuge were planned by the mercies of God. The cities of refuge were not an idea that came out of Moses or out of Joshua or out of the leadership of Israel. The idea, the very plan of the six cities of refuge came directly out of the heart of God. And one of the great purposes is because it is going to be one of the most incredible pictures of the Old Testament to the New Testament realities. Now, when you and I study the Bible, here's what is critical to understanding the Old Testament. In the book of Hebrews, the Bible teaches that everything that was written in the Old Testament was to our benefit. It is to be an application to us. It it was a shadow of what is the New Testament reality. And even more important than that, Christ said in Luke chapter 24, verse 44... Remember, he's on the road to Emmaus with his two disciples, and they're unable to recognize Jesus as being Jesus. They thought he was a stranger. Remember, we just taught on this for Good Friday. And so, actually, I'm sorry, it was Easter. It was the hope. The hope of Easter was what we called it, Easter Sunday. And so the two men on the road to Emmaus, they were unable to see, they were unable to recognize Jesus as who he truly was. The Bible says that beginning with the law, beginning with all the prophets and and with the Psalms, Luke Luke 24, verse 44, from the law of Moses to the prophets to the Psalms, Jesus taught them how the Messiah was in all of that. Friends, Jesus is in every page of your Bible, the whole book is about Christ. And when you and I take a few moments and we study these six cities of refuge, here is the bottom line. This represents the mercy of God. And just as God planned six cities of safety, six cities of refuge, the heart of God has planned the gospel for our benefit and for his glory. So this is going to parallel the work of Christ. Remember, Christ tells us in Luke 24, 44, everything is about him. All of the law, all of the prophets, all of the Psalms, it's all pointing to Jesus Christ. Because my friends, Jesus is on the page of every single page of our Bibles, especially in the cities of refuge. So number one, The cities were planned by God himself. These plans didn't come from the leaders. These plans came from God. Friends, do you understand? It was never a preacher who planned salvation. It was never a preacher who planned the church of Jesus Christ. It was not even the apostles who planned the church of Jesus Christ. No, you know what the Bible teaches in Ephesians? Scripture says that it was the mystery of God. Now think about that for a moment. Salvation and the church were the mysteries of God. That means that prophets couldn't see it in the Old Testament. 
friends, that means that Satan could not see it. The kingdom of darkness could not see it. That's why when Christ died upon the cross, they thought that they had finally, once and for all, killed the Son of God. What they didn't know, what they had no understanding, no real knowledge of, was that Christ was going to rise from the dead and Christ was going to begin what they could have never comprehended and that was the church of Jesus Christ that now we who are born again, we who have the Holy Spirit abiding within us, filling us, empowering us, guiding us in our everyday life, able to help us when we pray, able to help us discern the will of God, able to convict us of sin, able to guide us in all paths of righteousness for his name's sake. No, friends, it was God who planned this out of his sheer mercy. See, many of us think faultly, we think, oh, Adam and Eve fell and God all of a sudden had to scramble and figure out what to do. No. You know, the Bible says Jesus was slain before the foundations of the world were ever laid. What does that mean? That means the plan of salvation was in the very heart of God before time ever began. That means that before you and I were ever born, before you and I ever committed sin, before you and I ever embraced sin over Jesus, before any of that ever happened, you and me and salvation were already in the heart of God. The cities were strategically planned By the mercy of God, the gospel, which is the mystery of God, was planned by the heart of the Father. Number two, I find this interesting. These cities were designed for guilty people. Now here's what the Bible says in Numbers 35 as well as Joshua chapter 20. These cities were designed for people who committed murder but did not premeditate murder. These were accidents that happened. Uh, You and I today in our culture, we would call it manslaughter. This is where a, a, a terrible accident would take place. Even in Numbers 35, Scripture gives a couple of examples. Say someone is using a stone tool and it slips and hits a man in the head and he dies. Or if he's carrying something heavy and it falls and he dies... Any kind of accident, that would be manslaughter. See, Scripture says that the the relatives of the fallen would be the avengers of blood. In other words, you can picture a brother getting killed, working with a friend, and then the other brothers would pursue him to take his life because what did the Old Testament say? An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, and there would be that that avenger of blood. Well, God made provision for this. And God said, I'm going to design out of my mercy a refuge for guilty people. Friends, do you understand who the gospel is for? It's for guilty people. Now notice, the cities of refuge were not designed if you were guilty based on premeditated murder or manslaughter. No, the fact is, you took a man's life. The fact is, you're guilty. But there was safety. 
Friends, this is what the gospel is. There's no question you and I are guilty of sin. Who did Jesus say that he came for? Jesus said, I haven't come for those who are sick but think they're well. Jesus said, I've come for those who are sick and they know they need a savior. Do you see the guiltiness of your sin? Do you see that you have fallen short of God's glory? Do you see that you have missed the mark and that your life does not measure up? That you have an incredible inability to save yourself? Can you see these things? If so, then let me tell you, the gospel is for you. For it's for those who will see their sin, those who will acknowledge, those who will admit their guilt, their wrong. Six facts about these six cities of refuge. Number one, they were planned by God out of his sheer mercy and grace. Number two, they were designed for guilty people. Number three, this is interesting. Should a tragedy happen of this magnitude, you were to leave immediately and flee to the cities of refuge. You were to go at once. You were not to wait around and say, well, once I get my last paycheck, or once I get my affairs in order at home, or you know, maybe I'll wait until the winter time, or I'll wait till summer, I'll wait till a more convenient time. No. It was very much understood if you were going to go You had to make it there before the avengers of blood reached you. You had to go at once. Friends, how many people hear the gospel over and over? How many of you have been watching, have been listening throughout this whole shutdown? How many of you have been contemplating giving your life to Christ? You've been thinking about walking away from sin. You've been thinking about giving yourselves fully over to God and walking away from that affair or walking away from lying or walking away from the deception you've been in? How many of you have truly been thinking about becoming a Christian and following Jesus with all your heart? Well, let me tell you, friend, do it without delay. Do it immediately. Those who found safety, those who found refuge, they left immediately and they did not wait for a more convenient time. Oh, my friend, what are you waiting for? Should Christ come this very evening? Should Christ come this week? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Drop it all. Drop all sin. Drop all rebellion. Drop all distractions. And once and for all, yield yourself forever to Christ and truly become His. Not only were these cities planned and designed in the heart of God, not only were these cities designed for the guilty, not only was it true that you had to go immediately and not waste any time, but listen to this, I love this. These cities, fourthly, they were accessible to all people. They were not only accessible geographically, they were accessible even to foreigners. They were for the Jews or even for the foreigner that lived among them. Oh, my friends, can you see how the gospel is accessible to all people? The gospel is accessible whether you are rich or whether you're poor. Whether you're of this uh, skin color or that skin color. Whether you come from this culture or that culture. 
It doesn't matter where or what stage of life you're in or where you come from. The gospel is accessible to you. Whether you are Jew or Gentile. Whether you are young or old. Whether you are great or small. The gospel is accessible to you. Why is the gospel so accessible? Because scripture says in Ephesians 4. That it was through the shedding of Christ's blood. That he tore down the wall of division. When the veil of the temple was ripped in two. The wall that separated us and God, Christ tore it down. And now we have access to the forgiveness of God. We have access to the very throne of God. See, in the city that I live in, there's a very large company here called Eastman Chemical Company. Do you realize that if I tried right now, if I took my phone and tried to call the president of Eastman Chemical Company... (laughs) You know, I don't think I could get past the receptionist. Perhaps I could talk to his assistant, maybe. But odds are, I couldn't even get past the receptionist. If I called my bank right now, I couldn't get past the receptionist. If I wanted to call right now the White House on Pennsylvania Avenue and ask to speak to the President of the United States, how far do you think you and I would get? Not very But do you realize that because of Jesus, because of the plan and the heart of God, do you realize that now the very throne of God is accessible to us? Do you realize that we who are so fallen and we who are so depraved and we who were such sinners, but isn't that what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9 through 11? And such were some of you, but now, verse 11, you have been justified, you have been sanctified, you have been washed by the blood of the Lamb. And now, God Almighty is accessible to us. That now anytime we pray, day or night, any day of the week, any month out of the year, any moment, even in the middle of the night, when you and I bow our heads and we pray, we have complete access to God Almighty. Isn't that amazing? We don't have to go through angels. We don't have to go through dead saints. We don't have to go through anything, we can go directly to Jesus, who ever lives to make intercession for us, the book of Hebrews says. All of this, my friends, was planned in the very heart of God. Not only were they accessible to anyone, foreigner or Jew, they were also accessible geographically. For God said, put three on the east of the Jordan and three cities on the west of the Jordan. God wanted it to where anyone among his people could access a place of refuge. Do you know why? (laughs) Do you know why God's put this sermon on my heart today? Do you know why Preaching Christ Church exists today? 
Do you know why that even during a shutdown of a global pandemic, we have an entire team who works so hard and labors tirelessly to bring the gospel into your home, into your tablet, into your phone, into your car, into your radio, into whatever device you're listening? Do you know why? Because Jesus wants the gospel to come to your heart today. He's made it so that the gospel is accessible to you today. Can you imagine a guilty person falling into such a tragedy knowing that their life was on the line? And can you imagine a a person in this situation going, well, I'll do it when it's more convenient. No, they had to go immediately. Can you imagine him saying, well, I would go, but I feel like it's a bit too far. No. It was within distance of wherever anyone lived among the people of Israel because this was put into this came from the from the heart of God. So number 1, these cities were planned out of the very heart of God. Number 2, they were cities that were designed for the guilty, for guilty people, people who recognized their guilt. Number three, you had to flee immediately. It was not a situation of convenience. It wasn't a matter of convenient timing. No, you had to go with urgency. And how many people today have no urgency about their spiritual lives? No urgency about the call of God. No urgency toward repentance. No urgency about eternity. And then number four, it was accessible to all people. It was accessible to all peoples as well as geographically. Well, number five today, what we learn about this city is that they were clearly marked. God commanded that there was good signage to these cities. Why? Because I want you to hear me today. I want you to hear my heart. Not any city would do. It wasn't a matter of going to any city. It had to be a city of refuge. The elders were by the gates. The gates were never locked. And the man could come and plead his calls and say, this is what happened. This was a horrendous accident and and my life will be taken from me if you do not take me in. If you do not protect me. And God designed not any city, but six cities to be a refuge. Do you know what the point is for us today? The application. Not any religion will do, my friend. Some of you listening, you're, you're trying to be spiritual. But listen, it's not a matter of spirituality. Not any religion will bring safety. Not any denomination will bring safety. Just because you go to a church, just because you go to, a, to what is called a house of worship does not mean you're safe. It is Christ and Christ alone. For Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 6, No man comes to the Father except through Jesus. A church cannot save you. A religion cannot save you. Spirituality cannot save you. You are not safe anywhere other than in Jesus Christ. 
Not any city will do and not any religion will do. Is your salvation in Christ or is is your salvation in your religious experience? Or the fact that you read your Bible or the fact that you're a kind person or the fact that you go to church? It was that famous evangelist of the early 1900s, Billy Sunday, who would so often say, I can sleep in a garage, but that doesn't make me a car. And you can go to church, but that doesn't make you a Christian. Are you a Christian in name only? Or are you a Christian in your heart? 